Welcome to BPB Knows. Today, BPB Knows the roles and responsibilities of trustees. Our expert is Sarah Gaiman, an associate director in the tax practice who focuses on high net worth families and estate planning. Sarah, tell us who needs a trustee? So a trustee is needed anytime that a person has a trust. So let's say a person creates a trust during life that may be an irrevocable trust or a revocable trust, those documents are going to require a trustee. There are other times where a person may choose to create a testamentary trust, which basically is a lot of words to say that it's a trust that's created after you pass. So maybe it's a trust that was created by the terms in your will or another document. At that particular point in time, that person will need a trustee to be responsible for those assets. So the trustee's responsibility is carrying out what the trust says to do? Yes. So when you create a trust, the trustee is probably one of the most important people, if not the most important person in the trust, because it's their responsibility to administer the trust. They're the person that's going to make sure that the grantor or person creating the trust will and wants are followed. So let's say, for example, a person creates a trust and they want to make sure that the money is used for their children and mainly for their children to go to school or for educational purposes. It would be the trustee's goal to make sure that only distributions made to the children are only made if there are needs or distribution requirements for education purposes. So it's really up to the trustee to make sure that all of the grantor's wishes are followed. They're typically also the person that is going to be making any executive decisions with respect to trust assets. In some cases, they may be the person directly choosing the investments of the trust. They may also be the person that is going to decide that I have, I'm overly concentrated in real estate, or perhaps, you know, there's a family business choosing whether or not to keep the family business or to sell the family business. They're also the person that could potentially be sued if, you know, a beneficiary believes that they're not getting distributions when they want. So it's really important to make sure you're picking a trustee that can do all of those things and is responsible, that understands your wishes or the grantor's wishes when they're doing that. Are, Are trusts and trustees only for people with extreme wealth? So they're more commonly found for those with extreme wealth, but it's not necessary. Sometimes let's say a person dies and maybe they're they're not extremely wealthy, but a beneficiary is a child. So they have the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act and other responsibilities where you can't leave a child with a significant um, estate or significant inheritance that's for that child. So in some situations, you may have money that is not super wealthy in the by the way that we think of wealth where there are necessary for a trust to exist generally speaking you may want to create a trust to avoid probate which you don't necessarily need to be extremely wealthy to do that and in some states having a revocable trust in that particular time may actually be more advantageous because you're avoiding the cost of probate which depending on the state could cost anywhere from eight thousand dollars and if there are fights or any disagreements, could be as high as you know several hundred thousand dollars worth of the inheritance being eaten up by probate costs. 
So probate is expensive. That's why you hear a lot about trust on the wealthy side, but there are absolutely instances where you don't need to be wealthy. Do people often make the wrong decision when they choose a trustee? Yes. I think when people are choosing trustees, a lot of times it may be their children. It might be the spouse. You know, one example that I see all the time is family that, or a couple that has multiple children decides, okay, well, I'm just going to pick my oldest. And maybe their oldest is the one that is not very responsible with money, but they just pick because they're the oldest. There are other times where they pick a friend or an uncle or someone else that is going to be responsible for making these decisions and administering the trust. And that may not necessarily have a good relationship with all of the beneficiaries. So sometimes their favoritism that can potentially become an issue. There are other times where they'll pick a trustee that they really, they were really good friends with that was responsible, but they don't really understand all of the needs and they're not necessarily just responsible. Sometimes they pick someone who appears to be financially sound, but in reality, they're not really the best at managing assets or understanding. So generally you're going to want to pick someone that is responsible or someone that makes sense and not necessarily just based off age or relationship. It's a lot of responsibility that you're giving to someone. And other times people will pick someone that just has no interest in making, in being responsible for this or making those decisions. And you want someone that wants to take this job seriously, but that is also in, an interested party or someone that wants to do this, as opposed to being someone that doesn't want to take the job. So what does a person do if they don't have a responsible family member or somebody around them that they trust to execute the, their, their wishes? There are professionals that they can go to, or um, it, are there individuals that they can go to, or should they, they talk to a professional that they already know, like their lawyer or their banker or their accountant? So that's a great question. There are definitely institutions, companies that are willing to be trustees. Each company and fiduciary has different standards. Sometimes they may require a certain amount of liquid assets, depending on the firm that you choose. Maybe it, they require an already existing relationship. Sometimes it's really just a matter of, you know, whether or not it makes sense for them to do that. Some attorneys will absolutely be willing to be trustees. Some CPAs and financial advisors are also willing to be trustees. It's really asking the question and making sure that they're able to, they're allowed to, but then also making sure that if you are choosing someone that is doing this, that isn't a, in a fiduciary capacity through an employer, you're making sure that there are protections for them where they can hire an attorney. If there is later a lawsuit regarding, you know, distribution of assets or any other trust administration, the ability, you want that, make sure that they have the ability to protect themselves should there be any issues with the trust down the line. Is it possible to change a trustee if you choose a child and something goes wrong with that? How difficult is that, is, is that process? As long as the person is planning for there to be changes and they are planning for that, then absolutely it could be just as easy as potentially having a trust protector that's able to change out the trustee, having the beneficiaries vote. Depending on the state, there may be different rules to replace the trustee, but the best laid plan is the one that the ability to train the trustee is included in the trust document. 
So as long as the trust allows for it, that's really going to be the first place we go is there's a question about what the trustee can do. Well, does the trust document cover it? So making sure that anything that you may want to consider is included in the trust document. In terms of changing trustees, another thing that's typically overlooked is what happens if you choose a trustee that dies and something happens to them. It's very important to make sure that there are successor trustees. Now, a lot of trusts are generation skipping trusts, which means they go on past one generation. Sometimes a trust may be for your kids and your kids' kids or the grandchildren's and then maybe the great-grandchildren. And then eventually it goes down the line, depending on states, it could change. Here in Florida, we just passed a statute that trusts can now exist for a thousand years. I haven't yet to meet a person that lives along to be for a thousand years, but it's really making sure that there are protections in place to make sure that there is continuity of the trust. Because the last thing you want is to have a trust where nobody's in charge, nobody's paying attention to it. And then, you know, who has access to this? So typically we recommend that there's at least one trustee at the current existence and then a successor trustee. And in some cases, we recommend co-trustees that are perhaps maybe not in the same demographic from an age perspective, just to make sure that there is continuity of the trust. And you also want to make sure that your beneficiaries or someone has the ability to say, hey, this trustee is not doing a good job. That person needs to be fired or needs to be replaced to make sure that there is checks and balances to make sure that they are following the trust guidelines and making sure that they're doing what you want of them. So there's a lot of things to think about. Sounds like the moral of the story, you don't, you shouldn't choose a trustee lightly and you should uh, really think through the short and long-term implications of it. Thank you so much, Sarah, for explaining that to us. Um, to our audience, thanks for joining us today. And if, as always, if you have questions or topics that you'd like us to cover in the future, you can contact us by email at bpvnos at bpvcpa.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.